When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The award-winning Crunch Time. We are ready to go. Friday night football for the first time in almost three months. And the ball is tapped down into the path of Joel Selwood, who gets it to Stanley, who followed up. Radigalia duels it out with McAvoy. Plenty of height there. It's fisted away. Path for trying to bust the move through. He successfully handballs to Dalhouse, and the Cats have a goal on the board. Jack Gunston lashes the right foot drop. Punt didn't get it sweetly. It comes up short. Blitzavs oh. didn't get it through, and Burgoyne out of midair. Dalhouse lofts it up to full forward. No real timber there, but Ablett's the class under the pack. And he snaps it around the body through for his second. Picked up by Minigola. Hand pass to Myers. Off the left. It's a terrific strike. It's a fantastic goal. Dangerfield certainly not going to rush this one. He should get the distance, but he's directly in front. We know the set shots. Not his strength, but he can kick right through the ball from there. And he couldn't have done that with more precision or emphasis. And look at his teammates. Come to share the moment with him. And the Hawks come up dry once again. A dominant second half from the Cats. They've ended this game 17-6, 108 to 7-5-47 to collect their first points for the year. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We thought we played pretty well. We got beaten in some contests in our back half in the first quarter and then a few lapses of judgment in the second quarter uh, let them in. But even, I mean, statistically we thought the game was going okay, but Subjectively, the field was okay. Now, pretty even, I thought, our midfield group, um, but they got control of the game in the third quarter. Relief with a with a sense of relief. Yes. Okay. With a sense of relief, footy was restored down the highway as Geelong tabled their credentials, laying the smackdown on the disappointing Hawthorne. The little master, Gary Ablett, is our headline guest. Gee, that extra 20 minutes of playing time would have been really handy last night. The decision to make quarters 16 and a half minutes was the AFL's biggest mistake this year. It was different, you know, but you know, once again, you come off you know, eight weeks off, three-week pre-season, training in groups of eight. It's going to take some time. You should feel like you're a little bit dumber after watching a game like that, don't you? A lot of boys are like, geez, that just race by when there's 10 goals scored and quarters are only 22 minutes so blokes are like it just went really quickly um yeah i anticipated to be tired um later in the game but i wasn't too bad the game was too short and that's obviously pretty blunt but i just just felt like didn't give a team an opportunity to, to really grind it out it's not footy as, as we'd love it to be but um i suppose it's better than nothing the confounding mystery of Thursday night only deepens given what came next. How could the most watched home and away match in a decade have been one of the most dismal in a generation? Every theory 
is on the table. This is crunch time for Clean Away, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. In the shortened time frame, and the game doesn't seem as stuffed as it did yesterday. <laughs> when we wondered whether we really wanted it back. Uh, all seems okay. There's much fodder to discuss on crunch time. Gary Abbott is going to join us in half an hour's time. Jared Waitley with you. Liam Pickering is with me. Hi, Pickers. Uh, hello, Jared. It's great to be here and uh, looking forward to this game this afternoon to broadcast. It was a, a very nice night. If you're a Cats fan last night, it just felt like normal. Cats at home. Cats had a big win. Match went 108 minutes. Perfectly acceptable. Well, if we get that many goals, we get 24 goals or whatever it was. We're, we're, they're going to go about that time every time. But if you're kicking 10 goals out of uh, out of four quarters of footy, they're not going to be long quarters. Andy Ma, welcome. Lovely to be here, Jared Pickers. Uh, yeah, the furrowed brows uh, have just smoothed a little bit 24 hours later, haven't they? I mean, it was... It felt more normal. I've watched both games. You've been at both venues. I've watched both games on tally. And it's hard to put your finger on it other than the extra 14 or 15 minutes of entertainment package that we ultimately got. But they felt like different nights. Friday night's visual, televisual experience, albeit maybe the bloke riding the audio controls back at 7 uh, Central Command, wasn't quite as smooth as the fella on Thursday night. There was a bit of up and down, but um, it felt like it was more a legitimate, genuine football experience on th- that we'd become accustomed to on Friday night than the one we had on Thursday night. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, I think we're going to get a bit more of this too. We're going to have games that'll be like Thursday night, low scorers, quick games. Where did it go? Where did yeah. it go, games? Yeah. And we're yeah. going to have games where teams really get a hold of another team or or it's a bit of a shootout, and we mm. will get a bit of that. And I, I think that's what's to be expected, you know, depending on who's playing who at, at any given time. 61 points is a big margin in the shortened game. Yeah, it was, and it was, uh, it was an excellent all-round performance by the Cats. It really was. I thought they were... Uh, well, they set the tone early, didn't they? When they get a fast start, they're damn hard to catch. We know what the we know what the numbers are when you get away to a three-goal lead. And even though Hawthorne got in front, the Cats just seemed to have all the answers all night. And Stanley played a very good oh, game, geez, you know, which is but that's him though. He's up and down a bit like that, isn't he? He mm-hmm. plays these good games, and can he sustain it? I mean, he's just had a baby. He was probably on a high, uh, and he's gone out there and, and set the tone early with that first centre bounce. And then their little fellas, I thought Parfit and Selwood outstanding last night. Naka was pretty good as well. And the forward line, without really an influence from Tom Hawkins, mm. uh, were able to get it done on, you know, really the, the ground-level players because Radagalee didn't do anything either. Won't Geelong people be delighted by the fact that it was the, the different generations of Cat players that all did their bit last night? You, you had the, the veterans do their bit, you know, at Gary, who's going to join us, and Joel, who was fantastic right from the word go. You've already mentioned Parfit. Um, you've already mentioned uh, Narkel. Myers was fantastic. Yep. You've got Stanley, who sort of sits in the middle bracket. He's in that kind of sweet spot in terms of age and experience in the system now. He's in that sweet spot as, a, as an AFL footballer. But they got contributions from from their top liners and veteran players right down to their ones that they need to take the next step. That would be pretty pleasing, no, I I think it would, and I think that's what Chris Scott would take out of the game, that it was an even performance. Mm, really, yeah. With, with, with their bigger players, you know, not really doing a lot. Mm. Not, not, Hawk, well, Danger was quite in the first half. Danger had a quiet first yep. half, had a very good second half. Uh, Tommy Hawkins was just a game from yep. Tom Hawkins. Radigalia was unsighted. Gary Rowan was unsighted. Uh, so there's a, there's a little bit of that about the forward line, but 
Myers is a really consistent player. Worked his way into the game last night brilliantly. Uh, and Gary's Gary. I mean, just when he touches the ball, something happens. That's just how he is. That's how he's always been. Well, yes, but it shouldn't be said lightly. Is Gary still Gary? Yeah, he that's is. right. So, and that's yep. the most important thing. Is you're right. He was terrific in round one, and because the the weekend just rushed away, there was no chance to really dwell on it. But to see him last night is to is to think the circumstances of the season are absolutely ideal for a player at that time frame of his career. No doubt, no doubt. And you know, speaking to Chris Scott, he thinks he probably should have rested him a couple more games last year. But he was in such good form, he didn't want to, and Gary wouldn't want to stop playing. But the simple fact of the matter is that he may still have to work out when to take the pressure off a little bit because first game of the year, excellent in the coaches' votes. He would have been in him again last night. So, uh, no, he's had a superb start of the season, a little champ. That kick, little moments in games, like the Josh Dacos shimmy and across the body, over the top, the dump into side bottom, I think it was on Thursday yep. night. The Ablett kick from the pocket last night, where he was sort of running and he, and he, it was a, the, the centering drop punt just over the top of a despairing Hawthorne defender to Stanley 15. That kick, you, not many people can make that kick. And I was listening to Jordan Lewis last night driving home from here talking about the skill level is not what he thought, um, you know, it, it was 10 years ago. He thinks there's been a drop off in the skills of players. And he was talking a lot about kicking. That, we know Ablett's supreme, but that kick, there's not many players in the competition who could get that kick as perfect, and it needed to be perfect, as perfectly struck and weighted as Ablett got that kick. But that, that's, he's been doing this for years because oh, yeah. he's got this ability to sum up a bit quicker than... That's what the champions do. The champions mm. have the ability to, to sum up a bit quicker than the normal good players, and that's what Ablett is. He would have known exactly where it was. He yeah. would have spotted that it was Stanley, put it high. Yep. He would have, he would have, he would have summed it up because that's, that's, that's how he thinks. He's got such great vision. It'll be great to have a chance to talk to him. We'll delve well, in will, ha- actually, it will, Jared, yeah. because I've been trying to get on to him all week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Because it's on air. Might be able to solve a couple of other things I'm trying to work through. <laughs> oh, do it live on air. <laughs> we'll delve on Hawthorne in just a moment. But the, but the bigger picture first is I drove to the footy last night with the sense of trepidation mm. from having spoken to Jack Revolt, Damien Hardwick, Nathan Buckley, hearing all the reasons why Thursday night was... Just a bewildering. Like, there was virtu- there was so little footy in what happened on Thursday mm. night, mm. and we've been told no connectivity because we haven't been able to train together, no attrition because of the shorter minutes. Like whatever religion you believed in, the proof was there in Friday night as to why the game is where it is. A- and thinking through, would the game be like that all weekend? And if it took two to three to four weeks. Mm. In a shortened season, how would we endure such a period? And that did get becalmed last night. It did. We, I don't know what the next seven games hold, but it felt like an oddity, which might have owed to the circumstances of an odd world, but it really looks like an oddity now. So if there has been um, not a demand, but an encouragement from head office to the coaches to play a more open, scoring-orientated brand of footy. If that has been, we believe that's been put to the coaches. So Gil's, Gil told me on Tuesday he's been begging the yeah. coaches to do it. They have to do it now. They won't. They won't because that's the way they coach and they're set up to have these defensive grids and take away from the opposition before they necessarily worry about doing their own thing. But for the experience of us, the people who watch the game 
and consume it. And we're all, except for the privileged few who get to go, we're all consuming on the telly these days. For those of us who are sitting back at home watching it, we, we absolutely need scoring now. This game, in its 16-and-a-half-minute format, it needs scoring. If it doesn't have scoring, then we're going to have... We're going to have more experiences like the Thursday night as opposed to the Friday night. People will get un- uncomfortable about it, I it reckon. It always seems to me that I believe the most important thing in sport is scoring. Yep. And the, when, when that crystallises in your mind is when you go to something and there's no scoring. Like... Thursday, it wasn't the clock that buggered Thursday no. night. It was the fact that they couldn't score. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that one led to the other. One, one highlighted the, the pitfalls of the other. You know, with this, and, you know we, we'll all have our views on 16 and a half minute quarters. Um, and it, it won't probably settle on 16 and a half when we get out of 2020. It'll probably be something else. But um, it, the, those who fear, like you said, that whichever religion you believe in, if you are if you're fearful of what sixteen and a half minutes looks like, then you got an example first up, and it wasn't good. No, it wasn't, it wasn't good. good, and that's why they won't go on with it, and that's why they're not going on with it. They're, mm. they're going back to normal next year, and, and that'll be the last we ever hear about it, in my view. I mean, this was a the circumstances of what we were dealt with with COVID has meant that that was why that was brought in. Originally, thinking we'd be yeah. playing three games in two weeks and all this sort of stuff. Well, it's not happening. Uh, after one night, everyone's saying go back to normal because it's a 90, ninety-four minute game. Mm. But then I think it's going to land somewhere in the middle of a game like Thursday night, which was 94 minutes or whatever it was, and last night 108 minutes. It's going to land somewhere in there. It might end up being about 100 minutes in one, a general sense. One of the differences between the two games, and I'm sure you blokes would, would have noticed this, like, or would have, of course you would have, but on Thursday night, the good players, no, the, the good players, every side's good, the good players didn't look that good. The no, didn't look that good on Thursday night. Martin kept putting himself in dangerous positions and botching it to go exactly the same. Yeah. So the idea that um, the game only suits the dynamic players, the dynamic players actually were the problem on Thursday night. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. No, no. no, they all struggled and they all look really short of a gallop to me. But outside, of, did... outside of Pendlebury and Sidewalk, yeah, I thought, were yeah. the standouts of those ex- top-end experiences. They're, they're not the explosive players, no, they're are not, they? They're just the good, clear thinkers. Yep. Uh, but the good players look like good players. Like, um, but last for, night they did. Yeah, but for, you know, Dangerfield having a good job done on him in the first half. But if you, if, you, if you walked into it Geelong last night or turned the TV on last night and you watched that game, you go, yeah, that number 14, he's a good player. And that ball bloke, he looks like a pretty good player. And the good players... Like, they did. They, 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 they looked night. like good players last night. So in trying to assess the season in prospect, which is fraught, it felt to me like the ultra-professional, exceptionally well-coached, suited by a less attritional battle, which is probably an age profile, and that with one distinct advantage, and Geelong's distinct advantage is the way that they play at home, is they tick those four boxes for me. And I thought that's what we saw last night. They clearly have handled the three months well. We spoke to Brian Myers in the aftermath and he said he wasn't feeling any uncertainty going to the ground yesterday. They, they, they'd known exactly what they, they weren't worried by the lack of training together. And they played like it. They linked up well. They are exceptionally well coaches. They won last night playing the ground in a totally different way to how they normally play the ground. They denied the corridor and it took them a little while to figure it out. But once they figured it out, they were every bit as unstoppable as as they usually are. And if they get eight games down at GMHBA Stadium as their home games, is you would you would pencil them in for seven and you would actually assume they'll probably sweep them. Right now, I think they'll sweep them. 
after what I saw last night, I mean, they're, they're near impossible to beat. They're, they're, the only team that beat them last year was the Giants, and, and they were five or six goals up on the Giants early in that match. Mm. And then they just lost their way a little bit and ended up falling over by less than a goal, I think it was, a few points. But, yeah, they're a, they're a hard side to beat at, at Geelong, there's no doubt. I think what gets gets lost in it, I was actually pleased with their first effort. They had a lot of players underdone going into round one and a, a number of players that weren't playing or that were really underdone. And I thought that the Giants in round one were excellent and they just didn't kick a point. Every opportunity they got in round one, they nailed. And so I didn't think they did a lot wrong in round one. So I wasn't as worried about their first up performance. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect them to beat the Giants up there first up. But then last night, it looms as a real danger game. Hawthorne was so good in round one. And I just had a feeling that that the Clarko and that crew, which is an experienced crew they've got, uh, might have come down there and been a real handful. But... After, outside of half-time, really, it was all Geelong. Doesn't it feed into this whole notion that this is as difficult a round of football to predict as any that we've probably had in the last 20 years? Well, like, I, was, I was red hot on, on Collingwood. I thought Collingwood would, would really have a good win against Richmond. Right. And it looked like it earlier in Nostradamus, but then <laughs> Richmond are Richmond. You know, they, they've come back and in the end, they probably should have won, even though there was that Higgins situation. The reality is Richmond had all the play in the second half. Mm. Um, so... I think it'll it'll get a bit more normal from here. Look, I, I don't think there's going to be as many upsets from now on in, the, in this round as as we we might think. Yep. And my view would be that you know that they're going to be reasonably straightforward these picks. Okay. So what did it tell us about Hawthorne? Alistair Clarkson didn't make any effort to to Fourth gloss it up last night. Is, is here's some of what the Hawthorne coach had to say. They won inside the contest and then smacked us on the outside and. Um, when you're losing both facets of the game in that space, it's hard to come back from it. To their credit, they played outstanding footy and made us look, um, I couldn't even say second rate, maybe even third or fourth rate. They were, they were very, very good and we were very, very average in the second half. Yeah, they've got they've got a, a strong midfield, but our, our midfield lowered their colours tonight. Yeah, we've got good players in that part of the ground and they were just better than us tonight. And um, yeah, Their half-forwards were really strong. They were well assisted by their half-forwards. Um, who came high up the ground and just ran harder. Um, their wingers just ran harder. You know, we rate the performance of our wingers, um, but you know, the, we we just ran out of ran out of space. And then because we ran out of out of space, we ended up not running anywhere near to the the intensity or, or effort with which the Geelong side. They just kept going, and that's why you know the scoreboard just cre- kept creeping away. When the ball supplies coming in like it came in tonight, um, you know, said you know we we lost contested ball, got smacked in the first fifteen minutes of the game. We worked really hard to get ourselves back into that uh, in that facet of the game by half time, and we'd even it up by half time. Ironically, we'd more or less even the scoreboard up by that time too. But then the second half, you lose it by thirty one or thereabouts. Um, you're not going to win games of footy doing that. So we just got to get better and better and stronger and. Um, yeah, we've got a fair old whack on the chin tonight. What does it do to Hawthorne in your eyes? Well, I don't think it's going to do a lot. I, th- I know they've got a tough draw. They've got Richmond next week. It's not easy after going to Geelong and playing. They go and they come up against the Premier from last year and, and the Premiership favourite for this year at their home ground. I know it's Hawthorne's home ground as well. So they've got a bit of work to do. Uh <laughs> I actually think they're better than... I think they're a lot better than they played last night. I, I genuinely do. I just thought last night... Clarko summed it up there in his, that summary. He basically said they stopped running. They did. They got outworked last night. 
I don't expect that to happen every week. And they had a lot of their good players didn't play at all well last uh, night. A lot of players down. Could they the the the, exper, the, the experiment and it's of McAvoy centre half back's going to be an issue. Whether they can afford to hang on to that, they got it. Johnny Patton's not super quick at one end of the ground. McAvoy's a magnificent warrior, but not light and nimble of foot at the other. And then last night they were getting poleaxed in the middle of the ground. Johnny Segler just couldn't go with Stanley physically. He just and he didn't have the he didn't seem to have the craft. And I like Segler. Segler's a terrific second option, I reckon. But McAvoy's still their best ruckman. And I wonder, it, it, and they reverted to him in the middle of the ground after half time. But I thought there were signs early that you thought, oh, gee whiz. It was 8 1 early, I think, clearances against Hawthorne. He thought, I don't know whether it'd be going this way if McAvoy was on the ball right now. But they'll, they'll decide whether or not that's worth persisting with. The, the McAvoy one's an interesting one. He, he's made that call. They've made that call that, that they're going to put him at centre half back. And it worked well at the back end of last it year. It did. It did. But it's, it's, he's going to have matchups. It works well if they're defending well in the middle of the ground and they're pushing back to help. If they get exposed like they did out of the middle and it come, it starts zinging in quickly and it, 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 it yep. hits the deck, he's going to be in an enormous amount of trouble mm. because he hasn't got the mobility to go with some of the the more agile type forwards. So finding the right matchup is going to be the key. The idea of Segler and McAvoy playing in the same team works from my perspective. Mm. I think it works because Segs can go forward and take a mark if need be. I like him. I, I don't mean to be critical of Johnny Segler. Just last night, the way that game was playing out, it just didn't. It felt like oh, I don't know whether I don't know whether that bloke's being used in the right part of the ground tonight, and the bloke who was in that part of the ground was was struggling to to have a have an impact, and they seemed so um, wedded to the to the concept. That they didn't, they didn't pull it. They didn't pull it, and this happens a lot in footy nowadays. I reckon they're pretty big, Hawthorne. Yeah, they are. They're they, pretty big. They felt big last night. It worked. It worked early in defence, but then when the ball hit the ground, oh. it, it didn't work. Pat, Patton at full forward. We know what Patton is, and the question still sits there: Is there still a place in the game for that? guy out of the goal square. The big uh, lump of a forward. Yeah, yep. and it's it's a big question that will play out over the full season as to whether there is or there isn't. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, all the clubs. Look, the four big forwards on both sides struggled, I thought. Mm. Yeah, really, look at it. Hawkins and Radagalea didn't really do a thing. And neither did uh, Patton and Lewis and these type of characters. Um, the game's not made for them anymore, is it? The game's well, sort of... Some games are... Yeah, every now and again. Some are made for them and some they look horribly out of their depth. Mm. Mm. And that's just because if the ball's hitting the deck, they're hitting the ground, jeez, they can be a liability, having mm. too many of them. Mm. So, Sean Burgoyne's put himself at the mercy of the match review officer. Mm. It's it's a dangerous tackle. It'll be a reportable offence, but Dangerfield gets up um, unharmed, plays out the rest of the game. So this comes to do you believe in the action or do you believe in <laughs> the, the full consequence? Mm. And the full consequence, there is none. Um, the action is clearly reportable. Is Bergwijn will end up with a fine, I'm sure, and it will prompt the same debate. Well, that action can leave a player with concussion, and then it becomes two weeks. Is how can you have the action without the consequence? Do they need to make a? Do they need to make a? Do they need to draw a line in the sand here when it comes to this? That the consequence, the consequence adds to the ultimate penalty, but the action itself is manifestly deserving of time away from the but, game. But haven't yeah. they already done that? So I, th- That's what we know. Well, we it doesn't matter whether yeah. you agree with it. Yeah. Um, the line in the sand has been drawn. Like If Michael Christian does anything else other than a fine, it will be a surprise. It will be a change of policy. And not necessarily an unwelcome one, which is to your point, but it would represent a, 
a substantial shift from the way that he's interpreted. But Burgoyne should expect a fine. Do you think you? Yeah. Do you? So you don't think you'll get a week? No. Do no. you think you should get a week? Uh, I think in the instance of the dangerous tackle, take the personality out of it. Yep. The game would be better served if that was a one-week suspension regardless of outcome. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I have to admit, I agree. I, I think if it was any other player, it was someone with a bit of a track record. <laughs> I mean, we love Sean. Everyone loves Sean Bergwijn, but yeah. it's, that's irrelevant. Everyone loves Gary Ablett, but he got suspended <laughs> for, for striking. And if you do the you do the crime, you're going to do the time. That's, mm. that's how I would see it, but... Going on what we've seen in the history, you probably will get a fine. They had a couple of their young sort of in-between-the-arc, not genuine midfielders. They had a couple of their young players who were a bit a bit quick to get rid of the footy last night, I reckon, Hawthorne. If they persist with a couple of them. Who, who, which players? I thought Morrison and Hanrahan last night on it's occasions be, yeah. were just a bit quick to want to get rid of the footy. And well, I, they're both comers. They're that, both going to be good players. That's the pressure. Yeah. When, when you're under that sort of siege mentality, that, yep. that's what happens. You end up, you don't want, oh, get it out of my hands. Yeah. And, and that's where it leads to. And that's something that the players are so good at these days, absorbing tackles, keeping their head over the ball, staying low, that they that they don't normally, we don't see them cough it up as much. No. Nah. And they're only kids. Oh, I'm not. I'm oh, not, I'm not. Again, it was, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I just think Ge- Geelong just after halftime in particular, or really all night, but after halftime when they put the foot down, um, the work rate of Geelong was just enormous compared to, to Hawthorne, who just didn't appear to want to work. Mm. So your form guide, Andy, will be shaped by how much of that relates to the plane on the ground. So Clarkson offered the right, the one rider he offers, we ran out of space. So he obliquely referenced the shape of the ground and how that it impacted on the way that they wanted to play. So their first performance, first class beating the Lions at the MCG, their second performance, terrible at Geelong. If all teams go and play in that manner at Geelong, is then we do we would hold and just see what comes next. So what did you? Can you remember? You played a lot of footy down there. Can you remember pickers what you tried to get the op- opposition teams at Geelong? For, I've been watching footy there for thirty five years. They kick it out on the full so often. <laughs> it is unbelievable how often opposition teams kick the ball out on the full down there. You contemplate yeah, that. Well, we I'll might ask Gary Abbott that as well because yeah. he's about to join right. us. The little- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Master, he looked ageless last night. He is our guest coming up on Crunch Time. Jared Waitley, Andy Ma, and Liam Pickering with you ahead of what happens at the Gabba when the Lions and the Dockers meet. It's Crunch Time for Clean Away. Up your disposal efficiency with Clean Away. Well, he was timeless last (laughs) night, and it's great to have him on Crunch Time. Gary Abbott, welcome. How are we, guys? (laughs) Very well. Did you enjoy getting back into it, Gaz? I did. I did. Uh, obviously, it's uh, it's been a been a long wait, and um, yeah, the, the guys were just stoked to be back out there last night. We had our uh, had our mini preseason, and uh, I know the uh, the boys really looked after themselves over the time off. So it was just it was great to put in that performance, and um, I think Paddy touched on it during the week. We uh, we know that's really important for us to to start the season well and, and make sure we win some games early, and um, we'll take that. We'll enjoy it for the next couple of days and get ready for round three. It did give us the impression that there's life in the old dog yet. 
Yeah, no, I uh, I was uh, I was happy to get my hands on the ball uh, last night, and um, I, I knew I knew for me, uh, I think as you get older, it's really important that um, you know you, you look after the body, and um, I felt I really did that over the break. So it was uh, it was good to, to put in a good performance, but um, for me, the challenge is going to be making sure that uh, I'm able to get up for, for all, all the games, and then and then hopefully some finals footy. But I felt great last night, and. Um, it was good to be able to run out the game. Do you feel like the circumstances of the season now play for you? Fewer minutes, fewer games is at a certain age. That has to be a good thing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I did mention that to a few of the boys after the game that that, uh, that I felt I was able to run out the game. Um, and um, as uh, as most guys know, as as they're uh, as they're aging and, and they're getting on, um, you know the. I think the challenge for the last couple of years for me is, is being able to run out games and, and, and getting as many rotations as, as I need. Um, uh, and just obviously being able to get the, the, the Ks in the legs, but, but kind of get that balance uh, right with not overdoing it. So, um, yeah, I felt great last night. Um, I, I'm hoping it helps. Um, and we, we believe um, it also suits our game style, the shorter games. We believe we're an explosive team. Um, you know, and, and we're really good for that 15, 20-minute period. So um, good way to start off the season and uh, hopefully we can keep that form up. Can you give us an insight, Gary, when you've been a great of sport, so you've been able to sort of shape the game to your will, as you do get older, do you have to, do you have to introduce the idea of realistic expectations rather than soaring in the manner that, that you have done through most of your career? Absolutely, and, and I think that 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 can be a challenge, um, you know, to, towards the end of your career because, you know, for me, I, I spent um, majority of my career playing through the midfield, and, and I think when I first got down to Geelong, um, you know, I, I, the, the first season I, I was playing, um, you know, maybe 70, 80% of, of my time through the midfield, and it was, it was at the end of that season that uh, that I had a conversation with Scotty and we, and we spoke about... Um, you know, maybe me moving back down forward. Um, he believed that 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 was uh, that that was going to be the best role um, that I could play for the side. And um, I did find that conversation difficult because, um, you know, I I believe that I I had some good footy left in the midfield. But um, looking back now, um, you know, I'm I'm really glad that I made that decision because I think it's prolonged my career, um, and I'm really enjoying that role down forward. So. Um, hopefully I can keep that up. The reason I'm uh, I'm still going is because uh, I want to win a premiership. You know, that I'd love to love to finish off my career that way. And um, it's been uh, it's been a bit a bit of an interesting year, as we all know. But um, you know, we've got uh, we've got these 17 games in front of us, and and uh, and then hopefully some finals footy. Well done last night, Gary. Good stuff. I thought the best chance for me to get onto you would be to actually interview you. <laughs> so it wasn't a bad opportunity to, to do that, guys. Oh mate, I'm actually I'm really glad to hear your voice, Pickers, because uh, I've, I've actually been finding it quite difficult to get onto you. So <laughs> I must be getting towards the end of my career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't turn the dollars like you used to. Nah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> exactly right. It's all about it's all about growing Myers and Jeff these days but uh (laughs) speaking about the uh speaking about the the change of role guys that you'd played so long you started as a a forward obviously at the cats but then you played so long in the midfield you had that conversation with the coach when did you really get your head around getting learning to play that role the way you'd like to play it again how long did it take you last year do you think um well to be honest with you the conversation that we had at the end of my first year was was more around playing 50-50, so 50% through the midfield, 50% for, uh, down forward. And the way it all played out was 
um, you know, I, I did spend a lot more time down forward. Um, and I think, you know, moving from the Suns back to Geelong as well, there were two very different game styles. So I probably spent that first 12 months, you know, learning Geelong's game style and how they like to, to set things up. Um, you know, Scotty, um, Scotty's a very good coach and I believe he sees the game very well, but um, it just it just took that time for me to, to kind of understand um, how I could kind of fit into that system. Um, and then, you know, the second year, was it was a matter of just spending plenty of time with uh, with Corey Enright, um, plenty of time with the, the, the forwards that had been around at the club, um, you know, a fair amount of time, and I guess just picking their brains. So it did take a bit of time, but... Um, you know, I feel I know my role very well now. I, I think we've got a, a very good forward line. Um, I think that the stats showed that last year. And, um, you know, our focus over, over the preseason, our mini preseason is, is about, you know, getting that balance right between, um, you know, uh, controlling possession when we need to, but also being able to get the, the ball inside full 50 as quickly as we can because we're a very good one-on-one side. Gary, Andy Maher here, mate. Well played last night. You and the team was a terrific performance. Um, do, do you know, can you tell early in games when, when visitors down there to Kidinia Park are all at sea? Can, can, can you see the ground having an impact on, on the way they're trying to ball the, uh, move the ball? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we know the the game, the ground very well, um, and it had been a while since uh, since Hawthorne had travelled down there. Um, we felt as though the first half we, we played played very good football. We just didn't make the most of our opportunities, and um, we spoke about that at half time. Um, you know, just sticking to the game plan. Um, we believed it was the right one against Hawthorne, and and if we could play play it for four quarters, that uh, eventually we were we were going to run away with it, and and that is the way that it played out. Um, you know, to Hawthorne's credit, they 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 played they played very well in the first half, and um, you know, obviously things didn't work for them in the second half. But um, I just thought we made the most of our opportunities. I believe you know we're, we're a very efficient side. When we do get it inside our forward fifty, we score, um, and we're able to play the game in our half. So um, we'll go away as always. We'll look at the tape. Um, we'll need to continue to improve and and. Um, Looking forward to next week. And if you want to win that premiership that you mentioned a bit earlier, if you want to win that, you know that you're going to need, you know, kind of really significant development from a lot of the younger players in your footy club. We know what we're going to get from the senior brigade at Geelong. You've been doing it for years. But have you seen in two players in particular, Narkel and Parfit, they've both been around the club for a couple of years now, each of them. Have you seen in them the sort of development? Have you known that it's coming and... Could this be the year that they start to produce the sort of footy you need them to produce on a more consistent basis? Yeah, you're spot on there. And, I mean, these guys are in their their fourth or fifth year of footy now. So, um, you know, I think in the past, um, you know, when you first come into the system, the first couple of years you're learning about what it takes to be professional and and obviously play at the top level. And then, then you start to see some of these guys, you know, play a good game every maybe two or three weeks. Um, but for those guys, I know their focus is obviously to, to be out on the park as much as they can, but, um, you know, to, to to just be a bit more consistent uh, in their performance. And, and that is really important um, for us because we, we have got such a big group around that age of 23, 24. And um, if those guys are able to, you know, step up each week and play their role, then it's going to go a long way to helping us um, hopefully win a premiership. Um, you know, I think that's an important part of it. We've got, we've got some ageing players as well that uh, I thought played really well last night. And, um, you know, those, uh, I think as you get towards the end of your career, um, 
you know, it, it had been a while, um, you know, when I moved back to Geelong since I played finals football. But um, I've, I've said this is my last, and, and um, I'm really hoping we can uh, we can have a real crack at it this year. We saw Pickers has already mentioned Reece Stanley, Gary, and you know he was he was a real impact. He had a real impact on the game right from the word go last night, and he, and he carried it through for for most of the game. How can you get him? What, what does he need um, to to find within himself to be? you know, at that level for 13, 14, 15 weeks of the season as opposed to producing that once every six or seven weeks? Yeah, I think for Reese, it's, 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 it's a confidence thing. Um, and, and, and we know that. We, we know that when he's at his best, he, he's a very good player. And I think he showed that last night. Um, he's got some real strength to his games. I think for a guy his size to be able to, to move as, as quickly as he does, um, he's got a pretty good engine, um, and so we just want to make sure that um, we're able to work within Reese's strengths. And um, I was uh, was really happy to see him play the game that he did last night because I know that he's worked really hard over this preseason and, and again, you know, looked after himself over over this time off. Um, but that that is definitely going to be the challenge. And, and um, you know, there, there'll be a few of us that will make sure that, um, you know, around training that, um, that we're getting around him and, and making sure we're keeping his confidence high because, um, it, you know, I think he just needs to know that he is, good, he is a good player mm. um, and we don't, we don't expect him to, um, you know, be in the best players every week. He just needs to play his role, and, um, which I'm, I'm confident he will do. Gary Ablett is with us on Crunch Time. Just let me ask you about two days, Gaz. Uh, the first, when you walked off the ground at the end of the preliminary final... Did you have a look around and ponder whether it might have been your last time, or were you resolute that that wouldn't be it? No, I was. I was unsure. I, I really was. I mean, I think leading into that season, I'd probably told myself this was this was my last. And um, you know, we had a real opportunity in that game, obviously, to go in half time by uh, you know being up by uh, 20, uh, 20 points or so. Um, you know, we we had a real opportunity to play in a grand final, and I think. Um, you know, walking off the ground after that game and, and chatting to some of the guys, I just said, look, I need a bit of time to think about it. But um, the, the the reason why I made the decision to come back was because I believe we've still got the team to go on and win a premiership. If if I didn't think so, then I, I probably would have uh, would have uh, retired. Um, and uh, yeah, there was there was a few of the guys down there, as I won't name names, that uh, they got on my ear and, and encouraged me to go around again. So. Uh, that made the decision a little bit easier. And so the second one is you commit yourself to this season as your last and then after round one, it gets shut down. Did you have a few days where you wondered, oh, I wonder if I'll even get back out there again? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did have moments like that, um, but I just focused on making sure that I was looking after myself over the break, doing the, the training that I needed to do. And um, the rest of it was out of my control, really. I was just hoping that we're able to get footy, footy going again and... and um, you know, I think everyone's done a fantastic job. Um, you know, it's um, it, it's because I mean, I think there was there was some some weeks there where we were just unsure. We were unsure about whether footy, you know, was gonna gonna uh, start up um, again or not. And um, but I, I'm just so glad it is. I, I think you know, it, it just brings a bit of normality to, to people's lives. And and I think for us, um, it's just really nice to have that routine again. And 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 being able to spend that time with the guys. I mean, we spend so much time with them. With you know, they're 50 of my best mates and, and I'm just glad that uh, we're able to be be getting out there again and and, uh, and enjoying and, and loving what we do. Guys, you took a mark just outside 50. You oh, went back with those yeah. old legs and I'm thinking, oh, has he, got, <laughs> has he got it in him? 
And you had no problem getting through the uh, – getting it over the line for a big goal for the game. It was a really important goal, actually. Uh, is the body feeling fresher with these shorter games? Like, are, you, are your legs feeling lighter? Are you, are you recovering Are you recovering quicker? Yeah, I think so, uh, Pickers. I, I I know that I spent, you know, a lot of time on my body this preseason, just making sure that I was I was really strengthening my legs. I, ha- I have put on a, a little a little bit of weight, um, which I kind of wanted to do, knowing that I was going to play that forward role. Um, but for me, the focus was really making sure that I was strengthening my hammies, my glutes, all those kind of things that um, that 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 uh, that I know have given me issues over the last two or three years. So the body's feeling great at the moment. Hopefully that. Uh, that continues for the rest of the season. And your love of the game, Gaz, is, we can hear it in your voice. From when you started and the the long duration of a decorated career, has it ebbed and flowed or have you always maintained that, that deep love of actually playing the game? I think that's always the challenge. I mean, I've been in the game for 19 years now and, um, you know, th- there was a time maybe three or four years ago where I, I did consider hanging up the boots. Um, there's obviously the physical side to it when you start to get some long-term injuries. Um, you know, it, it can be challenging. And uh, and then obviously the mental side as well. And um, so, you know, I'd be lying if I said I've, you know, I've enjoyed football at every moment over the last 19 years. It, you know, it, it is a tough game and um, we really do put our body through a lot. But, um, you know, I, I'm really glad that uh, that I've, I have made the decision to go on and um, I've, I've really enjoyed the the last two or three years down at the Cats. They're a great football club and, um, you know, they do a lot of things right. So it'd be really nice to, as I said, finish off the career with a premiership and and be able to celebrate that with all our supporters. Mm. Yeah, you'd be retired by now if you hadn't gone back to Geelong. Is that, that, that sort of hard not to extrapolate that? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there was obviously a lot going on in, in my last year at the Suns and, um, you know, I've, uh, I've, uh, I, have, I have spoken about that. Um, so yeah, I, I was just I was just glad that um, the Suns and, and Geelong were able to get the deal done, and, and I was able to come back and, and be around family and and um, you know finish my career for the club football club where it all started. Well, may it be a great season for you. We're all richer for your presence still out on the field. Good luck with it, Gaz, and thanks for your time. No worries at all. Thanks for having me, guys. This is crunch time for Clean Away, Stockdale and Lego and McDonald's. Jared Waitley, Liam Pickering, Andy Ma with you. We've just had a, a lengthy conversation with Gary Ablett. What's he going to do? What does he do next? That was as good a, a as full a conversation, and big bombshells or anything, but just the, the, the fullness of his answers, the sound of his voice, the the engaging nature of him. It can And it can flip you sort of perception on what he might do next. I didn't think there was media. I didn't think there was coaching. But if you said to me right now, if you said to me right now, Pickers, off the back of that chat, oh, yeah, there's a chance, I'll, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, I don't think he's, he's quite settled on what he's going to do. He's got some business interests, but as far as what, what he does with the game, mm. now whether that's, uh, you know, the Cats have put him on, if there was a role there, they'd find a, a mentoring-type role for him for sure. Uh, you would think, uh, and Amidius, we know that if Gary Allen puts his hand up and wants to do media, he's going to get picked up. But I just don't know if that's what, what he'll want to do. I think he'll step away for a year. I think he'll step away from the game probably for for a year or two. A bit like Chris Judd. Remember Chris Judd? Oh, you won't hear from me again. And then he's on every media platform going around yeah. because he realises he misses the game. And I think Gaz will still have an involvement in footy. It's just I'm not sure at what level. He could. He could he, I don't think he wants to go down the coaching track as such, but... I mean, you never know. Could he be critical? If, like, if he if he decided to go into the media, right? Like, if he did that, and he had to make a call on, he doesn't like being nasty. Okay, no, he, do, he doesn't like. 
I very rarely ever heard him say anything negative about anybody. Yep. Like, he, he uses words like, oh, this is disappointing. <laughs> like, I, I, he's not going to be a hard-hitting media yep. analyst, but he'll be a, he'd be a great analyst of the game. You just heard the way he spoke then. Mm. I mean, he sums the game up brilliantly, but whether he wants to actually put himself out there, that's up to him. He, he's got a million options if he wants to do them, but... Um, I just think he'll take a little bit of time away, enjoy some family time. As he said, he's been doing this 19 years. That's a lot. Yeah, well, half a lifetime, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. amazing. Is it? yeah. no, it's his whole adult lifetime. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it was his whole childhood as well. Well, yeah. well, probably, well that's probably true, So that's it? why yeah. he, he may want to just step away from a 12-month, two-year period. The game might be lost to Gary, in my view. But, yeah, he's uh, – tell you what, he had those couple of years at the Suns where he'd done the shoulder and then he had a couple of hammies, but he's been durable. He's been a durable player. He's so, hardly missed a game at Geelong. So it's interesting, you know, when he was talking about the way he's put on weight deliberately to adjust to the new role, he's given up the midfield now. That's because he, he he doesn't look like a midfielder anymore. He looked, he said he got bigger. He looked he looked chunky last night. He looked a solid. Those those blue and white hoops don't do you favours. <laughs> they give you no favours if, no. you, if you've got a little bit. But no, his skin folds always been pretty low. Um, but they're so tight those jumpers now. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand those. Give I can't stand running around in them. Bring back period where the silks went to those yeah. funny looking silks that they yeah. were ridiculous in hindsight. They weren't shining and they hugged the body. Oh, I don't like them. They were short, <laughs> halfway up their back. Mick Barlow used to have his halfway up his back. But uh, <laughs> I look at uh, at Gary's now, and uh, as I said, he's so self assured, and he's he's mature. He's a father. Um, I just think he's uh, he's been an ornament for the game. And as I said, uh, I think his his durability yeah. cannot be questioned. Yeah, what's well, that? He's played nineteen. Mm. This is his nineteenth season. He's at three hundred and fifty games, basically. So it's a pretty good clip. So, so he said um, that he two games in, two and a long way apart from one another. But he he's a believer that the team that he plays for now, the, the nature of it, and with the shorter quarters, the two are suited to one another. Mm. Do, you feel, do you feel like Geelong, based on the little evidence we have so far of footy in 2020, do you feel like Geelong is the I'm sort a buyer. of... T- yeah, okay. I'm a, yeah. I'm a buyer now. I, I was a bit sceptical at the start of the year. I was a little bit more confident after round one because I didn't think it was a bad performance, as I said earlier. And I'm now a real big buyer, especially with the home games. Yeah. Now, I just think they, they look like they've got a great mix of, of youth and experience. And if they can get yeah. those big fellas to fire, and yeah. Stanley can become a, mm. a consistent ruckman because it's always been the Achilles heel, is that he, he has these great games once or twice a year and then he, he has a real drop-off period. And there are a number of ruckmen that are like that. I'm not just having to go at Rick Stanley here, but... He last night, you couldn't fault him last night. No. As a legacy piece for Ablett, there's there's a lot in this shortened season now. Is when he did his shoulder, he was going to win his third Brownlow, as we knew that in the season it was as unfolding and we knew it on the count on the night. Yes. Is, um, I think he only got beaten by four votes or something and missed the last seven, seven, seven games. games yeah. At that stage, the conversation was live as to whether he was the best player of all time. Mm. It's a long time since that's been part of the conversation if he was to have the year that everyone always forecast he would have it one great year as a forward at the end in a team that challenged is i feel like that conversation would reignite it probably should it probably we shouldn't let He's right up there yeah we should at the very yeah. top of that mm. of that of that conversation so have you got him past his old man now uh, because I, he can't I, be the best if he's not better than his dad. Uh, I had I've always been asked the question who's the best player I've ever seen I've said Gary Ablett senior I think Gary Albert Jr. is a more complete player. Yeah. I've got no doubt about that. Yep. I think he's, he's a more rounded player than Senior. Senior was an explosive superstar. So there's there's plenty in, I think, the 
the last season of him going round. The mm. latter has both Geelong and Hawthorne at one and one for 40 winks. Save up to 50% at 40 winks stock take sale. And we now have the oddity of Richmond and Collingwood being removed from all of that. It's at one and a half wins apiece. Hurry, the 40 winks stock take sale ends Sunday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 13- 13 21 91.